I am the mom who put family Mario Kart racing on the weekend to-do list. I don't know. I feel like there's some, there's probably something wrong with that scenario. I was like, mm, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> Welcome to the Postlight Podcast. I am Chris Lasacco, the president of Postlight, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in this business, CEO of Postlight, Gina Trapani. Gina? Hey, Chris. How are you? I'm doing okay. It's been a week of a lot of things. A lot of things. I've had to really flex my muscles this week to sort of manage all the things. Uh, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> we're going to talk about because that. Because aren't all the weeks uh, weeks uh, with a lot of things? We, co- we covered this. All yes. That, this week, man. This week. Right. <laughs> We talked about this. So we we have talked about setting and holding boundaries, and that's really important. But we also need to talk about when there's a lot of things, you need to have a system and you need to get organized. And we alluded to how important it is to prioritize when you've got a very long list and just acknowledge that things aren't going to happen when they get to the bottom of the list, and that's okay. But we didn't really talk about how to do it. Like, how do you get yourself in the right headspace where you've got the list that you feel good about. Mm -hmm. And I know that, you know, I mean, we talk all day, every day, but I know you've got some particular thoughts and some particular systems that you've developed over the years. Um, (laughs) And we should dive in because I think this is interesting. Like what, how do you get your head on straight when you think about doing all the things that you have to do? Yes. I mean, I spent a good part of my career writing about like personal productivity and systems Mm -hmm. and this, this is my go-to but, you know, someone asked me recently, like, what, what I thought was, you know, important leadership skills or, or no, it was actually what books have, like, affected, like, have made the biggest impact on your career. And I found myself going to David Allen's Getting Things Done, of course, which is, yep. like, sort of seminal work on just, like, managing all the inputs, right? Yes. You've and, got the inbox and you've got a way to process it and you've yeah, got, you know, yeah. Trusted system, inbox. I mean, right, it's the trifecta, right? It's, like, inbox, calendar, and to-do list, right? Like that's the trifecta. And, that's and part the trifecta. Of the reason, part of the reason why you and I work together so well is that we are both, like we live by the calendar. Like we, you know, the calendar kind of we split things up that way. Yep, and we, we have a shared we inbox. Lists, we have a shared inbox. Yes, we have individual inboxes, shared inboxes. But you know, it's funny. I was thinking about like something that my parents taught me that I didn't realize that they were teaching me <laughs> at the time and didn't recognize how important it was until I was an adult. So my mom was a public school teacher. So, mm-hmm. you know, part of her job is like teaching kids how to like get their homework planner together and sure. be held, held accountable for getting work done, right? Yep. So she was – and she was a master at using pen and paper to do this, right? I mean, I'm going to date myself. This was the 80s. There were no computers back mm-hmm. then. So I just remember during the course of home life as a kid, you know, watching my parents, particularly my mom, go through these rituals – the, you know, to, to get things done. And they were visible because they were, they were physical things. So, so some examples, she had, you know, Sunday night, she dealt with bills, she paid bills. So she had a file and the bills were organized, the paper bills were organized in reverse chronological order. So she would, that Sunday, she would pull the bills off the top of the pile that were due that week, write the checks, put them in the envelopes, put the stamps on them and like set them by the door to like take to the, the mailbox the next morning. Were you part of the process or you were just aware that it was happening. I would just, it was Sunday night when I wandered through the living room and my mom was sitting at like one particular end of the couch with <laughs> She'd her have feet the folder up, out, got it, with okay. With the folder out, yeah, right, and the checkbook. Interesting. She also, she had this, in, she had to use these index cards and she would plan out 
the meals for the week. Mm. So there was like one night that was grocery shopping that I would go with her. And, you know, when I was really little, she would like put me in the car. But she had this index card and she would draw the boxes for the whole seven days of the week. She would write what meal we were going to eat. Mm -hmm. And then it it would sit kind of like in front of the the knife holder in the kitchen. And so in the morning, so she was a teacher. She had to go to work. She had to hustle us off to school. She would look at the index card and pull out whatever had to be defrosted out of the freezer, stick it on the stove. And then when she got home later, like it would be ready to make. And that was just part of, you know, her process. And it's funny, like as an adult, I think a lot about the fact that because – particularly mobile apps, like kind of mediate all these things. Like if I'm doing meal planning or looking up a recipe, I mean, she also had her cookbooks and her recipe books. I'm tapping a piece of glass. And Mm -hmm. if I'm paying bills, I'm tapping a piece of glass. (laughs) And if I'm scheduled, if I'm texting with a friend to schedule dinner, I'm tapping a piece of glass. Like we also had a family paper family calendar, like up on the, on the kitchen, you know, and we looked at it together and you could see what was coming up. That is tapping on a piece of glass. So I sometimes worry that my kid sees me tapping on a piece of glass Mm -hmm. and can't distinguish. And sometimes she'll be like, what are you doing? And I'll be like, I'm sending a message to your aunt or I'm paying a bill or whatever it is. But the fact that those that I could observe my my mom doing those things with pen and paper and like having like files and calendars and and an inbox, you know, an in-tray, like we process mail a certain way, like like really influences like, oh, this is how, you know, (laughs) this is how this works. I took to, you know, the homework planner and all those things. Did you have any of this stuff when you were a kid? Like, did you... I mean, when you said shared family calendar hanging up on our refrigerator door, I like immediately pictured our family calendar in Mm -hmm. my head. So that was very much a part of, you know, Mm -hmm. life growing up. You know, I do remember some physical things. I think I remember seeing my dad like on Sunday mornings where he would go downstairs and handle some of these things. Although some of them were like, you know, half analog, half digital. And you would, you know, be shredding paper as you were doing something on the computer. Mm -hmm. But I completely agree that now it's all the same. And what it's so funny because what I think is missed, part of it is the observability of it, right? Because you can't distinguish, right? Someone's just looking at their phone or their computer screen. And unless you're also looking at it with them, you don't know what they're doing, whether it's paying a bill or looking at Instagram. Right, right, exactly. (laughs) But there's another aspect, which is there is a satisfaction, let's say, to dealing with something in the physical world. Like, being able to look at that bill and write that check and then move that bill to, you know, the paid folder or shred it and put it in the garbage can. And it's like, that is done. And it there's a finality to it. And there's a, you know, I accomplished these things. And you, it's just not the same digitally, right. you know? You spend 45 minutes, like, handling life admin stuff on the computer. And then you're like, you know, I guess I kind of feel good that those things got done, but it's not, you know, you don't get the same, (laughs) there's a deeper thing in our brains where it's like that, you know, I really did it because I could see it in the world, in the physical world, you know? I will never get the satisfaction of tapping glass to check a checkbox as I do taking a pen and crossing out. That's exactly it. Something on a piece of paper. Yes. I am a huge list person. It's it's not an intention or it's not real unless I've written it down. And I went deep, deep on digital 
like to-do lists. So yeah. I, I, you know, this is years ago. I spent like 10 years. I developed this like open source standard for- To-do.txt. Te- yeah, to-do.txt, for, for, which was both, you know, machine readable and human readable and involved priorities and context and projects and due dates and entry dates. And I developed a suite of apps that could read those things. And I had this giant file called to-do.txt. And anytime I had a thought about something that I wanted to to do or, or a dream, uh, everything went in the studio text. You know, someday maybes, absolutely have tos. I mean, it's just short of like take a shower and eat breakfast, you know, <laughs> yeah. everything went into this to do text file. And then I had a done.txt file, right? So when you, when you mark something as done, it moved to this other file. And I was like really proud of it. You know, I used it for just years and years. It got thousands of lines long, but it got to a point where I was like, this file is just a a pile of bits and bytes. It is a monument to a set of like past intentions. I added stuff, you know, at a faster pace than I check stuff off. Like it got to a point where it wasn't like reflective of my actual day to day, like life, because I never really pruned it. I never really had to right? a digital file right. just can grow and grow and grow. There's no limit right, no to how much you can do. There's no That's consequence. Right. And I realized that I hated working on it because it felt being at the computer or like having to manage it from my from my phone felt like work. And I wanted to feel like, you know, this is a place where I, you know, can dream and put down intentions and clarify in my head like what I what it is I actually have to do. So I after like 10 years of working on this open source project, I finally was like, I'm going to try something different. I read about bullet journaling, which is if you I think it's bulletjournal.com. It's a great story. There's this designer and writer Carol who to develop this. I mean, it's just a system for writing things down in a notebook. Well. Um, but he, you know, he talks about he has, he, you know, he struggled with ADHD and he struggled with focus and executive functioning and this just ability to organize himself and what was in front of him each day. And so he developed a system, right, to yeah. write down events and tasks. And. You know, I was like, basically what you do is each day you write a page and you write down your tasks, like the things that are most important that you have to do. And it seems really inefficient. Like for someone like me who like loves efficiency and love the idea of like invoking an Alfred workflow and just shooting off, you know, a task to my, just like shelving something really quickly. The idea of having to get a pen and carry a physical notebook and this idea that I could lose it or it could get set on fire or someone else could read it <laughs> yeah. or like it wasn't blacked up to my Dropbox, yep. but I'd have to, you know, p- like have ink and a pen, like like all the things, like it all seemed bananas, but I was also like, I just want to try something different. I want to, I want to like organize myself a little bit better because I, I'm feel just sort of, you know, overwhelmed and depressed because I'm never going to get all these things done and I'm just going to declare to-do list bankruptcy and try this system. This was like in February of 2018. So, and it's been, it's been five, five years, years. Yeah. and I've got a shelf full of my bullet journals, like full, like full of, you know, of my like day to day. And I like write down like the events for the day. So I'm literally copying like from my calendar and then like, you know, it's usually three or four tasks that are really important. For the day. For the day. It's been so good. Now, I love just like the tactile feeling. Like I, I got myself a fancy pen that I love. I love notebooks. I love that feeling of like pen on, on, on paper. So it's like a it's like a break. It's like a luxury. And I can turn away from the computer or screen and like have this moment. It feels there's an intimacy to it. It's like my notebook, you know? Like Yes, completely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think this is not like a, a small detail about this. This is, you're getting at the core of why I think this kind of move is so effective because there, it does feel like a break. It does yeah. feel like I'm doing something that is very intentional and very mm-hmm. focused because I don't have 
13 other windows that are, right. you know, staring at me and competing for my attention. I don't have notifications popping in that are looking to steal my eyeballs away. Like I am sitting down and even just the act of writing is it's yes. different than typing, right? It is. Yes. I mean, you are literally using different muscles when you do that, but the way that your brain approaches something like that they're very different, like neurologically, you know, you are, you're exercising different parts of your brain. And yes. so it makes complete sense to me. And I, I very much have the same kinds of feelings when I do something tactile is like, oh, I'm like lighting up new pathways and new yes. parts and it feels good. It feels different. It feels like I get some space from looking at the piece of glass, like you were saying yep. that we spend so much of our lives mm-hmm. looking at, I mean, we're technology professionals. Like, you know, we look at a, a computer screen for nine hours a day and it's like, and then we look at our phones. And right. so being able to separate from that a minute and say, we want to change how we are thinking about this. And in order to change, you have to change like the medium. Absolutely. Like my time with my notebook in the, in the morning when I'm like, okay, what am I going to? It feels like a break. It doesn't yeah. feel like work. And it also... Because you, you've got these other muscles and because you have to, you know, write this thing down, it makes you think about, do I need to go to this meeting? Is that really the most important thing today? Because you're co- like the, you have the that moment where you have to write it, it down. Yeah. yeah. The act of copying it makes you, for me, writing anything, typing or writing, like settles it into my brain. Like I fully comprehend it. Same you know? for me. But, yeah. but it also makes me go like, is this important? And then there's everybody bullet journals a little bit differently. But part of the sort of the canonical method I, I really took on, which is at the end of the month, you make a new you know, a new spread, which is the two pages, and you make your new month spread. But then you go back to the month before, and every item that you haven't checked off or note that you haven't like put, you know, wherever you normally keep your notes, whether that's digitally or whatever, you have to go through pull and decide. Them forward. You pull. You either decide this is important enough to pull forward. I still want to do this, and it's important enough to pull forward, or this isn't relevant anymore, or I did it and just didn't check it off. That never happens to me because I love checking things off. It brings, <laughs> nothing brings me more joy. <laughs> <laughs> but that decision between pull forward or decide not to do, it's so important. There's so much stuff that I'm just like, this just isn't important anymore. Right. This just isn't important to me. And this was the thing that was really missing from my to-do, my long Your digital world. List. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I didn't have a moment in time that was sort of forced into like the format of the thing. Also, I, like I love my notebook and I want to keep it clean and I want to get the months. Like you have to close the month. Uh, uh, like when I, when I switch over to next month, it's so, because it makes you realize like, this isn't important anymore. Or the thing that I wrote down is a little bit different now. So let me re-say what this is. And and there's also this moment too, where you're like, why did three weeks pass and I didn't do this? This maybe wasn't important enough. Mm. If three weeks went by and I didn't do it, it clearly didn't bite me. And like, did like, wasn't important. So like that conversation we had about how there's always going to be more things to do than you have time to do. Like it, it forces you to sort of confront that. Like, you know what? I have this intention. This is something I'd like to, you know, there's like that, you know, wants and needs. Like I'd want to do this, but do I need to do it? Probably not. And so it forces you to prune. It forces you to prune. The, the process and the, I mean, the analog nature of it is forcing you to do something that we recognize is really important for busy leaders, which is you have to take it an analytical, like almost a critical view of your schedule and your list and say, let's make sure that I am not like squandering my precious, you know, time that Mm -hmm. I have to spend with my colleagues or work with our clients or, you know, whatever the, the case may be. The act of having to do this sweep, this like monthly sweep is forcing you to have that, you know, those moments of, 
I was going to say self-critical, you know, but that's not what I mean. But like analyze yourself and analyze your own prioritization process, your own decision-making about what made it onto the list, you know, and what's important and Mm -hmm. all. And there's like a little bit of data that you learn there, right? That you can then apply going forward. And I, I know for a fact that, you know, there are times where you will come in and we'll be checking in about, you know, the month ahead and you're like, Hey, I had a thought, like, we don't need to go to this kind of meeting going forward or, <laughs> right. hey, you know, we really tried to prioritize X and I don't think I, we don't need to do as much of that going, you know, in the coming month. I think it is, is a direct result of the, of doing this kind of process. It's a kind of a constant shedding. I, I realized that I just like, I put so much on my, you know, thousand line list and I was so depressed about, the, it was just became the shame pile of stuff that I mm, meant to do, but never, yeah. but just because you decide that you want to do something at, one, at some point doesn't mean like that those are commitments that you make to yourself, but you can, you can let yourself out of those commitments, not only with yourself, but also with other people because right. every day is a new day and you have new priorities and like, you know, you, your the agenda changes and the, and your view changes. Exactly. Exactly. The other tasks that are really interesting, and I know that you will relate to this because I know you, like me, you snooze email threads that you have to deal with later. Mm-hmm. The tasks that I write forward multiple months, <laughs> like I'm like, okay, yep, I've written this now four times. It's been four months. I'm What's going clearly on not ready to let it go. Yeah. What about this is so dreadful that I don't want to do it? What am I trying to actually do here? What is like the first step? Like, can I yeah. unpack this? Like, you know, I had this, I had this one on my list that was like, you know, more client outreach. That's a terrible <laughs> task, by the way. That's not, that. there's nothing specific oh, or actionable, no. uh, actionable about that, right? Yeah, like that's, that's a different, good. and I carried it forward and I felt like some guilt and shame about it. And I was like, okay, wait, why don't I send an email to this particular, particular person, this, person this week, yeah. right? Right. And there's a difference between like a practice versus and a habit versus like a one-time task. I don't mean to get deep, but the whole point of like the, the process, which feels like a, like a lot of time. And it's funny, my, my little, my, my little one was like, Oh, mama's writing in her notebook again, which is so interesting. <laughs> Cause I realized that she was observing me, but I was like, okay, I'd, I'd rather she observed me writing in my notebook, yes. you know, than tapping, tapping on, glass. on your phone. Right. Yes. Yes. But it makes you really think it through. So I, so I got my kid, her own notebook and we started like, so we made this list. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah. In the beginning of the weekend, we're like, what do we want to do this weekend? And I made this list of like things that we could do. And it was, stuff like you know we could take a bath we could do family mario kart racing like we could go get a hot chocolate down the street and i and they were suggestions in my mind and then monday morning came and she was like eating her breakfast and she had to go to school and she like looked at the list which was like still sitting on the kitchen table and she was like "Mm, we didn't do the family mario kart racing we got to get that done that's gonna have to happen tonight we didn't get that done and i was like oh i love it (laughs) I love it. Oh, no. I was like, that was a possible fun activity for the weekend. But she took it very seriously. And we had to get that done. We had to get family. Mario That's incredible. So probably some reframing I could do there. I want to go back to something you said before, which is like the satisfying physical aspects of it, too. Like choosing a uh, like a pen that you really like mm-hmm. and a notebook. that, you, And I do think there is a little bit of a digital analog there. A little bit. Yeah. Because you're never going to get the same satisfaction that you get in the physical world. Like, I, again, I, I just think there's like a, you know, there's a biological reason behind that, that you're not going to, it's too high a hurdle to jump over. Mm-hmm. But I do think, you know, something that, that I certainly think about when I look at interfaces and I think we try to tell our teams to think about is how do you look for those moments of satisfaction or delight when mm-hmm. people are using a digital product that can get at 
that same kind of feeling, even if you're only approximating it. And, you know, those are the kinds of digital experiences that feel so good and, and get the closest to reinforcing, I think, these these kinds of usage patterns where you want to reach for it because it feels like a break, because it feels yeah. like, okay, this is something where I, you know, have some space and I can I can think a little bit, even if you're only getting halfway there because you're still looking at a screen. So that that's like really interesting to me and really fascinating is to is to take cues for how we can do really great design work by looking at what what feels really good physically and, you know, translating those kinds of things as best we can, even if they're only again, like a facsimile, you still get some of that same satisfaction. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I really think that when it comes down to it, like a great well-designed tool that's there to help you think or get something done, it makes the right thing to do, like the easy thing to do. You know what I mean? Like totally. it, it, it gets you in the right brain space. It, it meets you where you are. It helps you, you know? So like I spend probably a stupid amount of money on fancy notebooks. I have a lot of opinions about notebooks now. Like it has to be dotted and it has to be a certain size. And I want the page numbers, you know, on the pages already. And mm-hmm. I want the certain, like I, when I hold that notebook, I want to like love it and feel like I'm, oh, I'm so happy I'm going to have this time with this thing. And this is, totally. this is the kind of feeling, you know, when you open up that app or platform, whether you're the, you know, employee or the customer or just, you know, somebody interacting with, you want to get that feeling like, oh, I'm home. Like this is a good place. I know exactly. where to go to do the thing that I need to do this thing understands me and the button everything is you know feels right here everything feels right versus dreading having to you know to deal with this to thing. deal with it yeah <laughs> yeah exactly exactly let me ask you one more question about your process when you copy over the list and when you make fi- like are you also thinking about these are the things that i need to do first or these are the things that i least want to do and so i'm going to do those yeah. up front or like is there a process behind making the list rather than just copying things over and culling, which is really important. On a daily basis, I'm a big, like, eat the frog person, like, do you know, worst first, like, just worst take first, that yep. word. Yeah, that dreadful task. The one that, this is why it's so it's so good to get that awareness of, like, oh, I've copied this over a bunch of times, or I'm really going out of my way to avoid this, or, like, I feel bad when I look at this thing that's undone, you know, like, that's mm-hmm. good data to have, right? So I would, if it's a work thing and it's a work day and I have some time, like, I would try to get that over with. It's hard to tackle a dreadful task, but if you do it first in the, in the morning, we've talked about this, like, I'm definitely more fresh and, and optimistic in the morning, so mm-hmm. I'm much more likely to send a hard email or have it, you know, whatever the task is. I try to load up the hard stuff up front. And then at the end of the day, it's like, okay, I can clean out my inbox, you know, like, or file my expenses. Like I try to, you know, on the energy spectrum, you know, I try to, I try to organize things that way. Right. Well, it's easier when you're sort of on the downhill to yeah, handle some of those easy on, things. That's right. That's right. You're yeah. not going to tackle one of the hard things when you're, you know, at the last 10% of your energy level. A thing that I do do on the weekends, especially weekends that I like have time, you know, I'll, I'll make up, my list will be too long. The reality is, and this is maybe a sad realization I've had to come to, but especially like on a, on a work day when there's a ton of meetings, you really can only tackle three to four meaty tasks, you know, in a given day. That's crazy. That, it's you know? crazy because it feels, I mean, now, I mean, a meeting, you could consider a meeting a task, you know. Right. 
But like, it's not that much. So like, there are times when I look at my list and go, I know this is too long. I'm not going to get all these done. So, so the bullet journal method, like there's a way each, each task is just, is a bullet. It's just a dot. There's a way that you can put an asterisk next to the ones that are important. So on the days when I'm like, this list is too long and I'm just not going to tackle all these, like it's going beyond the page. And I just know, I know myself now, like I, it's maybe agile story points is a way, is a, is a bad metaphor, but you just, you start to get a sense of like how much I can actually do in a day. And then I go through and do the asterisk on one or two things and then if i if i just check off the asterisk <laughs> task, success like, success yeah i did it i did it good yep. tomorrow i have a fresh new page <laughs> like right. i'm gonna and i'm gonna start there and it doesn't mean that i'm automatically copying everything in from the day i'm just like all right and this is this is the other thing starting with a the blank page each day it's I mean, so like this helpful. is a new day and i have a new person and i have a new agenda yeah like we're gonna we're gonna start here right it's been really good like a good shift in thinking for me because if I if I get on the computer, I see all the stuff I'm done from yesterday. I see the email. I see you know the notifications start coming in. I start you know and and it's and then I'm lost. And then I'm reacting versus like setting you know my own yeah kind of agenda. You're making such a good point. That's something I haven't cracked yet because I I really like working analog and I like writing things down also. But I don't have a system like the one you're describing. And so one of the downsides is just this. Like I wake up in the morning. And I am confronted with all the things all at once, basically. And that blank sheet of paper feeling is precious, you know? And it's hard when you don't have that moment. I think that's one of the huge upsides of doing it in a physical notebook because you can, you, I mean, literally have that blank sheet of paper that you are looking at. It's so freeing. It's It's such a stark, tangible, good reminder that like, this is a new day. And yes. you get to decide what you are doing with this day. You don't have to inherit all of the baggage all the from baggage yesterday. That, from yesterday. Yes, yeah. in the last three years. This is the thing. gives you that moment to listen to your inner compass. Because on any given morning, I can wake up and be like, I'm worried about this thing. I really want to get, I'm excited about that thing. You know, this is the thing that I'm still thinking about from yesterday. Like, like I, I always was like, oh, you know, uh, my to-do text, my to-do list is my outboard brain. You know, it's not real unless I write it down. But the reality is that anybody's brain, you know what I mean? Like, like, like we, we have this conversation all the time. Like, yeah. okay, what, what top three things you're worried about? I'm like, yeah, one, two, three. Like right. there's, you know, the, the most important thing. So when you have that moment to say, I'm going to set my agenda to, for today, you can listen to your inner compass this feels like a fire. I need to, I need to go here. Yeah. I need to go here and feel that from, from internally versus the 10 people who are pulling you in all those other directions. I think it's just so, so important, not only for your own sort of sense of, you know, sanity and wholeness, but for like your team and your org and your project. That's you know? right. You got to listen to that inner voice. That's right. Get ahead of risk. Get excited about the next thing that's totally. going to, that's going to ship, you know, all those things. Right. It's very hard to get excited if you're... If you're reacting to a bunch of inputs. Well, and if you're just looking at the very long list and, you know, yeah, okay, there's some, you know, satisfaction in checking off a a digital item, but it's just not, that's not what's really going to get people going. Like what's going to get people going is when you connect to the, the, you know, something that is motivating. And if you're not taking a moment to like, you know, ground yourself in that, then you're not going to go in to your day excited. So I'm a technologist through and through. But I write, I write things, I write my to-do list in a notebook <laughs> and it works for me. And that doesn't mean it works for everybody. Like not, you know, not everybody would operate the same way, but I, I think it's good for, you know, everyone to just first, you know, don't just assume that this is the way that everybody should do anything at any given time yep. and to use tools that you really love and to, 
you know, give, give your brain that space to enjoy, you know, figuring out what's what's next for you. You know, I think that mental space and that giving you, you know, following that, that inner pull is so important, especially for leaders who are overwhelmed. So well said. I think that's a perfect place to end it. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, I want some of that, I would love to hear uh, how that could apply to my world. Or maybe you've got your own system that you want to tell us about. Uh, or your own way that you take a break from the digital world and organize yourself and and get your head on straight before you go into your busy work life. We would love to hear about it. Please reach out. Hello at postlight.com. We love getting those emails. And we would love to talk to you about uh, anything you've got on your mind. Gina, thank you for taking us through your bullet journal world. Thank you for Uh, indulging me. (laughs) (laughs) And we uh, we will be back at you next week. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. Bye.